Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Fired Up and Plugged In podcast powered by Emergency Reporting. This is the podcast for all 21st century fire and EMS personnel. I'm Tom Lewis, Enterprise Training Manager and the podcast producer. Our topic today is all about a very unique and successful recruiting program for high school students in Clayton County, Georgia. Joining our esteemed host, retired Fire Chief Randy Brugman, is Landry Murkison, the Chief Resilience Officer and Director of Fire and Emergency Services for Clayton County, Georgia. Chief Murkison began his fire service career in 1992 with the City of Jonesboro. He then joined the Clayton County Fire and Emergency Services Department in 1996. He is a summa cum laude graduate of Columbia Southern University, earning a bachelor's degree in fire administration. He also earned a master's degree in business at CSU. In 2020, he was appointed by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to the Georgia Firefighter Standards and Training Council. Chief Murkison currently resides in Locust Grove with his wife of 21 years, Sandy. Welcome, Chief Murkison. Chief Brugman, it's all yours. Okay, well, good day, everyone, and uh, welcome back to another session of Fired Up and Plugged In. It's my pleasure to introduce Chief Landry Murkison, uh, Fire Chief, and actually the uh, Chief Resilience Officer for uh, Clayton County uh, Fire and Emergency Services in the great state of Georgia. Uh, welcome, Chief. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Chief. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure. No, well, thank you. You know, in the 21, uh, I'm sorry, in the 21st Century Fire and Emergency Services report that we released last year from the Center for Public Safety Excellence and the ICMA, had the opportunity to co-chair that. And one of the one of the eight critical issues that were identified was inclusiveness of our organizations as we are looking not only today but into the future. And I think the program that you've developed, your uh, your pathway program, which we're going to talk about today is just an excellent uh, example of what an organization can do uh, to really be an inclusive workforce, but maybe more importantly, an inclusive workforce that is reflective of the people that actually live in their community. And so I'd like to explore that with you if we could today. So, but uh, as uh, as we begin this, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and uh, the agency that you represent? Awesome. Thank you so much. And what an honor it is to be here, um, you know, w- w- with you to discuss um, what is a very important issue in the fire service. And it's, it's not only one of inclusivity, but, you know, diversity and and trying to build an organization that that is um, not only representative of, um, but made up um, of those who, who come from within your community. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Clayton County, um, where I now have the privilege to serve as fire chief. My mother and father still live here. Um, I think every job I've ever held but one uh, was in Clayton County. So I I have a vested interest in seeing this community um, not only survive, but thrive. Um, And especially, you know, it's fire and emergency services organization. I've been in the organization now for 25 years, been in the fire service for 28. Um, I spent three years with a small municipal department um, a mile and a half up from my headquarters here, city of Riverdale Fire is where I got my start. Uh, before that, spent about a year and a half with with a volunteer organization, um, mm-hmm. still in Clayton County, City of Jonesboro, when when they still had volunteers. So, you know, I've I've been in fire service and public safety in Clayton County for you know the better part of my life, um, and and as those that that have had the the honor to lead, you know, an organization such as this, um, you know, there's nothing else that that, that I would rather do, um, or or anything that that I would do, um, you know, moving forward, but 
you know, I've, I, as I said, I've been in the fire service now for, for going on um, 28, a little over 29 years. Um, served in every position in the organization coming up, um, cut my teeth in the fire marshal's office mm -hmm. um, as plan reviewer and new construction inspector, came up as a lieutenant, captain, um, head of the arson unit, um, then started kind of getting those special assignments from the chief at the time um, that kind of took me into a lot of different avenues that they really ultimately led to me being chief. You know, it, it broadened my horizon. It, it got me out of the the box that I was in and fire prevention. And, you know, the, the chief then was was an innovator in his own right, got out there, did some things that, you know, a lot of folk weren't doing, brought in mandatory physical fitness, brought in a lot of things that, you know, back in the time just, you know, were still early on and being challenged, um, so to speak, in the fire service. So, you know, I learned um, early on in my career, never be afraid um, to, to go after what just makes sense to you um, and what makes sense to your organization, regardless of whether people tell you it can or can't be done. So, you know, always look at that as a um, challenge accepted, you know, kind of thing when somebody yeah. says, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening or, you know, you just, you, you can't get to that point. And this program um, it, it is a little bit of that, you know, it, it's been um, in place now for, for going on four full years. Um, it took me seven to get it up and running. Um, you know, we gave three good runs at it um, initially with a couple different boards of educations and um, never could get just the right mix of people. But like all things, um, you know, and in God's timing, it pans out. The right mix of people come together, and and next thing you know, you create something that's changing the lives of our youth. And that's that's what you know the fire service is all about. It's it's um you know it's it's getting out there and making a difference in people's lives. And um you know I've had the the honor to serve um you know in a, in a number um, of capacities in this organization. Um as you met as you mentioned um, early on, I, I now serve also as the chief resilience officer for Clayton County. Um, that's a new office that the county created to to look at a multitude of issues. Um, you know, when you look at resilience, this program is a hallmark of that. You know, one of the things this program seeks to do is solve some of the hiring challenges that exist in the fire service. How do we continue to recruit quality? Um, how do we continue to um, retain those employees that have a vested interest in your organization and are loyal to your organization? And it's, it's kind of the, the advent of the 30-year employee, which seems to be a thing of the past. You know, we, we tell a lot of our, you know, our, our, our new hires or, you know, when we're, when we're going through the process, you know, if, if I get five good years out of them, I've considered it a solid hire. This program seeks to change that. Um, you know, it seeks to change that mentality of folk come into the organization until the next best thing comes along. And that's that's what we spend um, time on is, is mentoring these young folks. So, you know, a lot of this program, and so how does that feed into resilience? Well, you know, in order for a fire and emergency services agency to stay relevant, to stay current, to stay, you know, um, up with its community and be able to provide the, the ever-changing demands um, for services that, that our citizens put upon us, you gotta have a resilient organization. You gotta have one that, that can withstand pandemics. Um, and, and not, you know, suffer major staffing shortages. You got to have one that can withstand natural disasters. Um, you got to have one that can withstand the natural ebbs and flows of the hiring cycle and, and personnel management. And that's what, you know, that's what my office um, looks at from 
a holistic perspective across the county and across multiple different um, divisions of county government, um, whether it's policy, procedure, practice, um, programming, um, or just our infrastructure, making sure that our infrastructure is um, resilient to disruptions, whether man-made or natural um, or other. So, you know, that this program is something that I'm proud of. It's something that, you know, I've worked on since the day I was appointed chief uh, back in 2013. And um, to see the, the change in the, the, the lives of these youth that, um, that, that we've made has been nothing short of phenomenal. And we can't be more proud of it. Um, you know, we were blessed to be recognized um, with your namesake award for this program. And, and I think it just speaks to the need um, in the fire service, you know, for something like this. And, and the thing is, is it's so remarkably easy to get done. All it takes is getting a few like-minded people in the room and just say, hey, all we want to do is better the lives of our youth. And who don't want to do that? Yeah. So if somebody looks at you and says, no, you need to go find you some new people to hang out with. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, let's talk about the program. The program the program is called the Clayton County Fire and Emergency Services Fire slash EMS Pathway Program. And 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 the name actually uh, denotes exactly what it what it means. So could you for our audience today just tell us a little bit about what the Pathway Program is? Absolutely. So the Clayton County Public School System, um, like a lot of public school systems, it may be called something different, you know, depending on, on where you're located. But, you know, most high school systems have career or education to career type programming. Mm -hmm. Most of it's called career technical agricultural, you know, and engineering or CTAE um, type programs. Um, some people call it work based learning. There's a multitude of, of acronyms to describe what it is. but Essentially, what we do is we take high school students that have an interest in public safety and, you know, we, we start speaking with them in their ninth grade year. Um, you know, here in the state of Georgia, high school is ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th grade. So we start at their ninth grade year and there's an intro to public safety law and criminal justice course that they take. And it basically gives them a high level overview of what it what it means to be in public service. What what do all of these different facets of public safety do, whether it's the courts, whether it's law enforcement, um, dispatching, whether it's fire, EMS, you know, what is it that these agencies are about? Mm -hmm. So they do that in their ninth grade year. And then essentially it's like, it's like having to make a college major choice, right? So there's all of these different, what's called pathways that they can go down. There's a law enforcement, there's a, a new 911 pathway that our police department started. And then you have ours, which is fire and EMS. So what we did was we took the state of Georgia firefighter one curriculum that we teach every recruit that we hire in order to get them start, you know, certified in the state of Georgia. And we rewrote that curriculum and broke it down into the state of Georgia K through 12 format. So we teach firefighter recruit training over the course of their 11th grade year in high school. Um, the, the important thing about this is this is not taught through a technical college. Um, they're not leaving, you know, going to a technical school. This is not after hours. This is an embedded part of their curriculum. If they do not pass our course, they do not graduate high school. Um, mm -hmm. And that's an important commitment that, that these young people take when they sign up for this because they understand it is such a large portion of their high school education um, and, and their curriculum. So we spend their 11th grade year teaching them the state of Georgia firefighter one curriculum. 
Uh, we worked with Georgia Standards and Training um, to, to let our, our young people test um, mm -hmm. just prior to them going into their senior year. And then those test results are held valid for 12 months because obviously they can't be certified until they turn 18 years of age. Mm -hmm. um, their 12th grade year, what we did is we took the, um, we took the EMTB curriculum um, that's put out there, you know, by, or, you know, that's taught by National Registry. Mm -hmm. um, and we rewrote that curriculum into a K through 12 format as well. Um, so now there's the, the EMTB curriculum that's out there um, that, that is based on the National Registry exam. It's available now in the K through 12 system here in Georgia. Any school system in the state of Georgia can teach it. It's not just in Clayton. But we had that passed um, and, and turned into a K through 12 course. So their senior year, they spend going through emergency medical technician at the B level. So with the sole goal of when they graduate high school, um, that there's a couple requirements um, that, that they have to be successful. One, you must graduate high school. Um, we do not accept GEDs um, as an end goal in our program. Um, mm -hmm. If you drop out of high school, you drop out of our program. Um, you know, the end goal of this is, is to, to, to get our young people graduated with that high school diploma. Um, they have to pass our course just like everybody you know any other school course um we have access into the school system grading records and we post our grades directly into the school just like we're a math a history um, or something else the the kids are bused from the school to our training facility so they're they're a part of our organization they're they're getting subjected to our disciplinary standards um, they have to conform to our grooming standards so it's just like they're they're recruits um, but they're in high school so, um, you know, that this it's, it's a it's a three year commitment that these kids make to this organization and to these uh, to these programs and to see their matriculation from high school or to young adult um, and then public safety official is, is phenomenal. And then the payoff for them simply is, you know, if, if they graduate high school, they pass our course, they pass firefighter one and they pass their EMTB skills. Then the day they graduate high school, they get a job offer from me um, on the stage at graduation that pays them now $44,000 a year right out of high school. Um, they get about a four week break and then they show up for their first day of work. So it's literally taking them, you know, right out of high school and putting them at, you know, the upper end of the middle, the middle tier of income in the county. Yeah, that's just awesome. Now, it, once they enter the workforce do they have to go through another training program before you put them online absolutely so kind of what we do with them there is there's certain things that the school board nor county risk management will let us do while they're in high school <laughs> um live fire training a lot of the the ladder climbing and you know some of the more um i guess dangerous skills um that, that you have to do so we're, we're very careful and methodical about what we do with them while they're in high school. So they come back, they go through a six week modified program. We finish their skills assessments. We do their final testing. Um, we get them certified through the state. Uh, we do their final EMTB testing. We do their live fire exercises with them, orient them to the county, put them through some driver's training, get them through all the insurance, everything that you would do with a typical, you know, recruit. Um, if we hire somebody into the organization that says comes from city of Atlanta fire, um, we'll do a four week fast track with those employees mm -hmm. um, and then put them right out on the fire line. Well, we do a six week with our high schoolers. So, and you know, and these aren't 
they haven't fought fire, you know, other than, than the stimulations mm -hmm. we've done. So we got to make sure that they're comfortable with that, get them used to their gear now in hazardous environments and in toxic environments. So that's what we spend that six weeks um, doing is just kind of putting the finishing touches on their training. And then they're out there on the fire line um, going at it and getting to work. So that's just amazing. And, and you know, in reading the, the, the documentation on the on the program, I know you faced uh, a fair amount of uh, uh, hurdles over those seven years. Could you could you talk a little bit about that and share that experience for others that uh, may want to consider picking up a, a similar type of an idea and launching it in their own organization? Absolutely. You know, right out of the gate, the biggest thing is just the team, right? Getting yeah. the, the the right collection of folk together and and get them to understand you know, what you're doing, why you're trying to do it and what the payoff is going to be. Um, you know, so once we found that right team, like I said, that was the first four years um, of, of trying to build this was getting the right pieces together. Then depending on how your state board of education is structured, you know, getting getting those conversations started that says, hey, we want to, you know, we want to take kids out of the school. We want to bring them to our facility. It's that is such a key portion of this program because this isn't just teaching them fire, it's mentoring them. It's getting them mm -hmm. um, acclimated to the public safety way of life, our discipline standards, you know, what we will accept versus what may be accepted in the public school system, we found out are two different things. So, yeah. you know, that that's such a key component of this that they are here and they're present and they're around um, our other employees so that they that they feel like they belong to this organization um, and it's key in their development you know that, that that's a tremendous um I, I cannot put enough you know weight on that uh, on that point of this program and and you know we've seen the challenges that, that that brings in this COVID environment because our kids have not been able to be here you know on our facilities because yeah. you know school has been 100 percent virtual um, and, and I think that our students are suffering um, because of that, because, you know, they don't have that one on one interaction with our instructors, um, you know, but um, just getting the, the school system to, to, to understand the challenges of, of training these these young adults um, in fire and EMS, um, getting their curriculum settled to make sure that at the end of the day, you know, in the state of Georgia, it's it's my decision or it's up to me to sign off saying that this student or this candidate. Um, meets the necessary requirements to be eligible to test. So in order for that to happen, I have to have confidence in what they're being taught. And I have to be, I have to have confidence in how they're being taught, um, which is why, and, and of course, in the state of Georgia, the only people that can teach that are state certified fire instructors. So, which is a challenge to have in a school system, which is why a lot of schools don't offer this because you can't be a state certified fire instructor unless you're affiliated with a fire department. So yeah. that kind of creates another issue. So, you know, that, that's why it was so important that we embed ourselves into the school system um, and just basically become an adjunct high school is essentially what we are. We're a public safety high school um, that, that teaches these kids on a daily basis. Um, you know, the, the state level buy-in was, quite frankly, a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, there, there's a hunger for these programs. And when oh, you get yeah. into parts of rural Georgia, um, the State Board of Education was like, what has taken y'all so long to get here with this program? <laughs> um, you know, it took us 30 days on both attempts to get this curriculum approved, um, which just went, you know, lightning fast. Um, so it's um, 
a lot of stars aligned for us, um, you know, as we started this. And then, you know, th those last hurdles are things that the organization is going to have to figure out budgeting. You know, who's going to pay for the buses to get the kids from high school to here? Um, what does that look like? Do you send them back to school at the end of the day or do you discharge them home? Who's paying for uniforms, books, you know, all of that. We have a, a fully functioning training academy here. So that's a lot of that was already done and, and, and ready to go. Um, we just needed students. So but, you know, that's where that partnership between your board of education, your local governing body, you know, the Clayton County Board of Commissioners through their support behind this program on day one and has not backed down since. Um, anything I need from a budgetary standpoint, um, they, they make sure that we have uh, because they've already seen the payoff. Um, you know, I have 13 high school kids that are brand spanking new employees have been out there for probably a little close to a year now um, that are performing phenomenally. So it's, you know, we, we, we've shown the cycle can be successful. So we've been through our first three full year cycle. We have those graduates, they're working, they're out there serving the community. Mm -hmm. and now we're looking to get, you know, getting ready to graduate our next group, um, you know, pathway 2.0, you know, kind of kids. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, that, that there's, the, the, the roadblocks can, can be as insurmountable or as nothing as you make them. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it all depends on the level of commitment that you go into to building this program and why you're doing it to begin with. Um, for me, I hate hiring. Um, I'll just tell you, it, it's a tremendous waste of time. Um, yes, it's 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 time consuming process, and at times, as I'm sure you well know, Chief, it can be mind numbing. Um, yeah. You know, just sifting through 600, you know, applications, you know, for 30 vacancies, you know, that that you may have, and it's at the end of the day, you're taking crapshoots on them. It's you know, you're spending 30 minutes, maybe, you know. Um, FaceTime with one of these candidates and it, it boils down to what they've told you on a piece of paper. You know, the difference here is we spend three years with these kids. So yeah. by the time it's time to make that job offer, we know them, they know us, and um, we're all on the same page. You know, everybody's lockstep. And, you know, so far, you know, all the 13 we graduated, we still have. So, um, and that's a lot more than I can say for some of the ones that come through the standard hiring process. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a pretty good percentage. Best percentage I've ever had is about 85%, I believe. So Yeah, it's, it's a challenge to maintain them. It's a challenge. Yeah, it is. It is. What's been the reception of your uh, personnel in the organization? Um, I, I think Firefighter McGirt will, will be able to answer that for you a lot better. But I can tell you that from the day these kids walked into our training facility, um, they were embraced by, I think, all levels of this organization. It's, you know, this is an expansion of your traditional Explorer program, you mm -hmm. know, but instead of them being here once a weekend during the summer, they're here every day. So, you know, for our, for our line personnel to, to be able to engage with them and teach them, um, you know, our line people get it too, you know, that they understand that, you know, vacancies equals less time off, you know, for the veteran. So, the, you know, the more we keep a full boat, the, the more vacation times available, the more time offs available, the more training times available. So they get it. You know, they understand it and they don't like turnover either, you know, because they want to build their their crews and their camaraderies and their station houses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the minute this program came out, there were so many of them that wanted to be a part. 
um, and so many of them that wanted to get, you know, a part of the training. And I think um, at least from what I've seen um, and, and what I've heard just from from talking with with our graduates, you know, they've been open arm, you know, welcomed, you know, into this organization. And um, I think even so from from their first day here in high school. So I think it's, you know, that they've they've become just a part of this organization now. And it's, you know, it was a little I think everybody was a little hands off at first just because it's oh the, the the high school kids are here so you know behave watch what you say watch what you do but they're treated like firefighters now um you know they're treated like a part of this organization i think you know our high schoolers appreciate that um and and i think that uh you know our staff and our employees appreciate the fact that they expect to be treated um you know like, like they're a part of this organization and and you know, the fascinating thing is, is how fast they understand what that means um, and they get the gravity of that, that, you know, their behavior, their, that, you know, how they carry themselves um, matters now. Um, you know, we, we provide them uniforms. So two days a week in high school, they're in their uniforms, just like ROTC. So they have that sense of belonging. Right. And, you know, one of the one of the unique things I think we've seen is they, that they become mentors and leaders now in their own schools. And yeah. people now are looking to them. So they're, you know, they're our best cheerleaders now moving forward. Well, the return on investment uh, of this program within your community has got to be, you know, extremely high. It, it is. And, and, you know, and the crazy thing is, you know, we started, we have seven high schools here in the county and we started with two, um, you know, basically pulling recruitment out of two of the high schools. And now it's, you know, every high school wants in you know, that they want a part of it. They have kids in their schools that say, hey, how do I get into that program? How do I, you know, do I have to change schools? What do I got to do? So it's, you know, that's <laughs> what we've spent the vast majority of this COVID year doing is talking about how do we now expand this to all seven high schools um, here in the county and, and what is our capacity from an organization to be able to handle that load? Because, um, you, you know, once your program is fully loaded, you know, you'll have two, two different grade levels you know, going through your 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 process. So you're always going to have new rising juniors that are coming into fire and rising juniors leaving fire and going into EMS. So, you know, when you start looking at expanding capacity, we started with a maximum of 36. So we took 18 from each high school and now we're looking at expanding that to 60. So, you know, when you look at having 120 high schoolers on your campus every day, you know, it um, <clears throat> space starts to become a premium. That's a school so, in and of itself. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Right? It's a, you know, it, it, it's a challenge and, and just trying to make sure that, you know, mm -hmm. A, we can keep up with 120, you know, high schoolers because, um, you know, therein lies itself a, a, a unique challenge that, you know, mm -hmm. for, for us, our instructors, we're not used to dealing with. You know, we're used to dealing with our employees, their adults. We can, you know, the things we can say and do and, and all that are substantially different than when you have, you know, 60 high school kids fall off a bus and, you know, you, you've got to teach them the same stuff. You just got to do it in a little bit different way. But one of the fascinating things that has come out of this is we've actually now started teaching our recruit classes the way we teach our high school classes um, because we found that they learn better. Um, and, and it's no knock on those recruits. Many of them are one year removed from high school anyway. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we found the success rate of our high schoolers was um, far outpacing the success rate of our standard recruit classes. 
And, you know, we would tell our, our standard recruit classes all the time, you know, look, don't don't make me go get our high schoolers to show you how this is done. because um, they're, they're outperforming you, you know, yeah. every day, twice on Sunday. So it just, you know, we, we've learned so much from them um, as they have from us. And um, it's changed the way that we teach uh, fire and EMS here, you know, at, at the county. And it's like I said, it's not a knock. It works. So, yeah. you know. You know, and, and once we find something that works and, you know, our success rate starts going up on first time pass attempts, it's, um, you know, nobody gave these kids a chance to pass the state hazmat exam and 76% of them passed on the first try. So, you know, which I think was blowing away, you know, what the state average was first time mm -hmm. hazmat. So, you know, it to have a bunch of tests, <laughs> yeah, to have a bunch of, you know, seven, 16 and 17 year olds, you know, passed a state hazmat test was, um, we took it and ran with it and was happy with it. So, um, you know, if we can keep those those numbers going, we'll be doing good. So have you seen this program? Because you said the, the state has adopted the curriculum. So has other other agencies started to pick this up and is it spreading across the state? It is. Um, I think we're up to our probably fifth school system now um, that we've met with and kind of walked through the process. Um, athens Clark County, which is, you know, is where the University of Georgia is located. Um, you know, I, I met with their fire chief not too long ago who who used to work here um, and was one of my supervisors when I was in the fire marshal's office. Uh, she's, I guess, going on 18, 19, 20 years ago now. Um, but, yeah, we sat down with them. Um, and, and, and for those, you know, school systems that kind of border us but don't already have some level of, of this program in place that they could easily morph into, you know, they're they're assessing ways. Can they just send some of their kids here, um, you know, to our facility and, and let us train them? So, you know, that that mm -hmm. kind of brings some other unique hurdles um, into it with with bringing, you know, out of district and out of county kids, you know, into the county. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like everything else. It's one of those challenge accepted moments. Right. So, yes. you know, if I have if I have kids that are willing um, you know, and, and can find the like-minded, you know, folk that need to make those approvals happen, then, you know, my job here is to bring the best and the brightest into this organization, you know, and just because they happen to live across another county line, um, you know, sh should not preclude them, um, you know, if, if we can offer that, that, that program to them. So, you know, my heart will always be with the Clayton County Public School System. I'm a product of it, graduated out of it. Um, so I'm just living proof that, you know, you can come out of the, the public school system and and run a, you know, a metropolitan fire and, you know, EMS organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're bumping up on, on time, but is there anything, that, a final thought that you would like to leave uh, for the audience today, the chiefs that are out there thinking about how can I do this? You know, I, I would think that the best thing I can tell them is, don't don't let the thought and idea of it scare you. Um, it can be a daunting task when you sit back and look at it. And I can't tell you how many fire chiefs I started a conversation with. And the first thing out of their mouth is we can't do that here. And I'm like, why? Says who? You know, we, we've got the roadmap. We can show you how to do it. It's you just got to get the like minded people, you know, in the room. And at the end of the day, you know, ask yourself, do, do you enjoy constantly having to go look for qualified applicants? The answer to that is no. Then you got a public school system that's full of them. You just haven't yeah. tapped them yet. So, yeah. you know, I look at it as they got to go to school. Um, they're going to be in school. I might as well train them while they're in there so that the day they graduate, 
you know, I have a pool of 35 to 40 I'm looking to, you know, expand that to 60 kids that I'm picking from that I've been with for the last three years. I know how they're trained. Um, I know who trained them and I know what their skill set is. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's it's a no brainer. Is it you know, it's not an immediate payoff. So you can't go to your elected officials and sell this as, hey, if we do this, you know, I'll be able to hire 30 at the end of the year. Doesn't happen. Um, yeah. You know, it depends on how you want to structure it for agencies that don't do EMS or don't have a need for for EMS. Um, you know, you may can do just a one year fire and, and have a one year pathway. Um, you know, we we require all of our employees to be advanced EMTs um, as well as firefighter. So the EMS is a necessary component for us because we're fire-based trans, you know, fire-based EMS and we transport. So, but you know, th this program is not, you know, it, it it's 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 not one size fits all. It's, it can be customized to your needs and your agency's needs. And you know, if if you're listening to this and you think, man, I wish we could do that here, you're halfway there. You know, the only thing you got to do now is pick up the phone, give us a call. And we'll explain it to you. You know, no matter whether you're in Georgia, Pennsylvania, California, you know, you got a board of education, and you're going to have to start at the state level with your with your standards and training, or who governs your public safety in your area, and start having the conversation. You know, the the idea and the thought um, can be extrapolated across the country. It's just the the, the nuances of how you get approvals may differ, but the, the thought, the concept, and more importantly, the payoff not only for, for you as a, an administrator, but for your youth um, is gonna be tremendous. So just simply don't don't let the thought stop you from doing it. Just, you know, <laughs> pick up the phone, give us a call, and I, I assure you, we can walk you through it over the phone. Absolutely, a win-win uh, program. Uh, it's just exceptional. I appreciate uh, the tenacity that you had to, to bring to the table to make this a reality for your organization, but I think also for the entirety of the fire service. It's just absolutely an outstanding program, and I'd like to congratulate you. Well, thank you so much, and I, I appreciate you giving the uh, the program the time, you know, on this podcast to, to get it out there and, and understand what can be done. Um, at the end of the day, it was about helping our organization um, recruit and retain quality um, say that again, quality, loyal, tenured employees. Um, that, that's what it's about. Um, yeah. You know, if at the end of the day, you know, hopefully I'm still around to, 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 to shake the hands of this first group that, uh, that graduates and retires, you know, from Clayton County after, after 25 or 30 years. So, um, you know, I may not be getting around as good as I am now ish, but <laughs> that would, that would make my day to see one yeah. of these young people complete yep. the cycle. So yeah. here's hoping. Well, we're going to come back to a second podcast uh, with one of your recruits. And so we'll take a break for just a second and we'll be back with part two uh, to explore just the perspective uh, from somebody that's been, went through the program. Outstanding. Look forward okay, to it. Thank you. Thank you.